You're listening to the Moody Mommies podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. Hi guys, it's the Moody Mommies. Hey. I'm Jessica. And I'm Vanessa. What are we going to talk about today, Jess? We're talking about swim school because that's so necessary in our kids' lives. <laughs> totally. And so the thing is, we've we've tried this. We've experienced going to swim school with the girls. I don't know if you've taken yeah. Luna, have you? I have not. Is she already getting like the second child syndrome thing? Like I have to now. I'm feeling guilty. I'm gonna take her tomorrow for a swim lesson. No, 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 no. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think that the experience that we had kind of is making your choice for Luna. But I know, totally right. We started really early. As soon as the girls turned six months, we took them in, and it kind of just lost control for us because I don't know if we were really ready as parents for that step. Yes. So um, we are going to have a special guest on today, and she's going to talk to us about a lot of water safety tips. And we're pretty excited to have her on since we don't really know what we're doing in that sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the best swimmer, which I'm sure I'll get into in this conversation. So on today's episode, we have Lisa Cook, the founder of Kids Swim LA. She's so lovely. You guys are going to fall in love with her just like we did. Yes, she's very informative. So let's just get to it. Let's just jump right into the conversation. So uh, are you guys at 7 o'clock at night? Aren't you just completely fried? Don't you have little, little ones? We do. We do. We're getting there. What are they, like two, three? Where are they? One, two, and three. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got a little bit of everything. I, I I salute your commitment to the cause, but don't wouldn't you just like to be crashing in bed watching, you know, whatever streaming on Netflix or something? I know. Totally. Some, we're usually up until midnight recording because we wait, we put them to bed and have like a normal routine. Yeah. So they have no idea what yeah. we're doing because they're sleeping. Okay. But, sure. Right. Yeah. And they all go to bed around 6.30-ish, 7. We, we wish. They don't no, fall asleep till like never. 10. Yeah. Is that the time they should be going to bed? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. You need to, honey, listen, as as a mom of two older kids, you need to start doing yourself a huge favor and putting them to bed at seven. Your life will change. I'm telling you. I know my I my only problem with that is that I work full time, so I'm not home until six o'clock. So the only oh, time I have okay. with her is from okay. like six okay. to nine. Okay, okay. Well, that you're right. That does. That you're right. That changes the dynamic. Yeah, completely. Yeah. But Vanessa, right. well, you, that, you should get your I kids know. to sleep. Vanessa, I should get my kids <laughs> to bed at that time. But I normally try to. You know, bedtime, lay down yeah. and whatnot by like nine. But yeah. my three-year-old is in like a major sleep regression right now. Like she wants to like toss and turn for like a whole hour. So it's crazy. I have well, to lay there and like fight with her for a while. So I should start putting her down at eight o'clock to get her down yeah. at yeah. really nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yes. It's I mean, just so hard because I have so many things to do, you know, like after dinner, it's, it's uh, a lot. I know it is. I know it is. But then you know what? Once you do eight o'clock, then what you do is you, you, in, um, minus 10 minutes each time. So like, really? you know, you, yeah. And so then, you know, let's say try to even shoot just for seven thirty. Because then once she's down, then that's your whole evening. Like, you yeah. have your evening back. That's true. It's, it, I'm telling you, try it. Just try it. See see what you can accomplish. But she, <laughs> asleep. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Yes, yes. And then what's great, too, is, and I used to do this when my kids were little, is I'd put them down, make sure they were asleep, and then my husband and I would boogie like we'd get a babysitter or my mom would <laughs> cover and then out for the evening, and they were asleep, none the wise, yeah. didn't have to do that whole screaming, crying, mom's leaving thing. And right. then that's definitely, home. if Jessica and I ever sneak out, that's definitely the way we do it. We put them to bed, and we'll creep out yeah. on them, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no best way. They never well, know. To go so out. What do you mean? I was I was asleep with you the whole time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's also how I go to work every morning. Otherwise, I get the guilt in, Mommy, come back to bed. Right. And I'm like, ugh, I want to. Completely. <laughs> yes. All right. So we'll, let's, do a, let's do a little water safety talk or swim lessons, whatever questions you have. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell me. I've been, me. I've been talking to Allie. You're, she's the director of business development, right? Correct. She's amazing, and she's on top of her stuff. I love her. Yeah. yeah. You got you got super lucky with that one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, so for those of you listening, this is Lisa Cook on the line. She is the founder of Kids Swim LA. Mm-hmm. And that's a, so can you tell us a little bit how you got started with that? So I actually have been teaching swimming for over 30 years, which really dates me in terms of age, but it's true. So over 30 years. And I started years ago working at the YMCA. That was where I spent a lot of time when I was just a, you know, 18 plus. And it's such a great environment. I'm very pro YMCA. And I was there for quite some time and was aquatics director and coached swim teams and masters and, you know, community organized groups and stuff. And I loved it. And and then after I graduated from, um, and then after that, I did do a lot of private lessons on the side. And then I sort of had a bit of a small business with a girlfriend of mine doing private lessons. And that really is what I focused on doing as I was going to college. And then after I graduated college, I got my teaching credential for teaching high school. And um, long story short, got married, moved to Japan for a couple years. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. It was fun. It was really crazy interesting. Was it like a, was it like a military yeah. thing or you guys just went so to Japan? My husband is a high school teacher also. And um, oh, wow. Los Angeles and the city we moved to, which is Nagoya, Japan, they are sister cities. I didn't know that until we had this experience. But they had this kind of sister city program where they would um, recruit. You had to apply and be accepted, but they would recruit two teachers every year from an LA high school to come over and teach in a Japanese high school. And so we had just gotten married and he got the opportunity and I was kind of feeling very adventurous myself. And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's go. So we, yeah, it was pretty crazy. 
And then we moved to New York City because I was going to go to graduate school there and sort of just the way life works. I was pregnant with our first son at the time. And so we only ended up staying in New York for a year. And then we were kind of like, okay, we're out of money. We blew it all on, you know, travel in New York. And now we have this kid and we're on the East Coast. And what should we do? So we moved up to Maine for three years. And while we were living in Maine, which was really neat, we worked at a boarding school for skiers and snowboarders. We were academic staff. but um, And it was great. But we would come back to L.A. for the summer. and Yeah, you have to. Right. So the first summer, 2001, I came home. My parents are here in LA and I came, we came home for the summer and I kind of, you know, just a couple girlfriends who were my age I'd grown up with and they had babies too. They had little ones. And, um, one of them said, you know, would you want to do swim lessons when you come? Cause you know, I have friends and we all kind of need lessons. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. You know? So it started like that. It really did. I just did it for a summer and it was just me and um, kind of all wrote word of mouth and it was all just friends of friends and it grew from there. So now it's 17 years and we have, you know, upwards of 15, between 15 and 20 instructors um, in the main season and all over Southern California. And, you know, it's really, it's grown into a really fun business, but um, at its heart, it really is just still, <laughs> I still feel like it's just me going out there and teaching swimming the way I used to. Yeah. And, yeah. Are you still um, like practicing being a teacher as well, or do you just oversee the whole yeah. thing? Yeah, no, I, I still teach because I still have clients that I'm so attached to that I've been with for years and I love. And they're sort of, I mean, a lot of my clients are in college now. A lot of the kids are have started college, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But um, but I still have some families that are referrals from friends of theirs and that I've had for years and I have relationships with. So I'm seeing that through. Um, but I don't really take on new clients at this point. And, and then we have a team of teachers and stuff. So, But I still, I actually still really love it is the truth. I still love getting in the water. So I'm not eager to get out completely. Yeah. It wouldn't do me any good. So yeah. Plus I still have a tan, you know, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) I don't even have it. I used to work for um, a kid's summer camp on the beach. Uh huh. Uh, With all honesty, I'm not a swimmer. I'm horrible at it my parents never put the effort into teaching me I think one of my cousins who's like a year older than me taught me how to doggy paddle and that's okay. about the best I got <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. um, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so horrible it's so embarrassing and my fiance is obsessed with swimming and my daughter loves swimming too so I feel so bad I'm like mm. super short too so I'm in this shallow end all oh. the time <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing but you know what it would be worth it at some point to invest just you know even go like go to the community pool go to the Y and just take some lessons with a good instructor because as your daughter gets older and she's going to want to be so active it's such good exercise and it's so fun for them and it would be really fun for you to be a little more comfortable for yourself so you can enjoy it more with her yeah um 
So just I'm just throwing it out there. You I know. I think I think I should too. I really do think I should. But I was just thinking about the tan I had when I was on the beach every day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's you can. It hides like everything. It makes you look like you're not tired. It makes you look 10 years younger when you're tan. Like it's all good when you're tan. So your facil- uh, are all your uh, locations outdoors or some of them indoors? Yeah. So we do a lot of actual in-home lessons. So we go to a lot of people's homes. Okay. And then we have pools in some locations around Los Angeles. And we host classes there as well. Um, we don't have a... We don't have a public facility um and that's just because the way that we operate is only private lessons for kids ages two to five Mm -hmm. and you couldn't operate a kind of a public facility under that um, premise because it's you don't make enough money that way to keep a facility open and all the overhead so this way we're really able to keep our costs down so that we can have the quality of instruction that we really want for the kids you know and the baby and I know you guys have like almost yes. parent classes right yes yeah 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 and those actually I love 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 I so encourage those because it is such a great activity for a parent and a child and it can be father or mother it could be sometimes grandmothers come or caregivers but you know we really encourage parents to come sometimes even together mom and dad get in together or dad and dad or mom and mom, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's actually really reasonable parent child classes, wherever you take them very reasonably priced. And it gives your baby the best introduction to the water. They just, it's all good. It's all benevolent. Like mom or dad is in the pool with me and, you know, holding and singing songs and playing and bubbles. And it's just, you know, it's, it really, imprints on them in terms of positive life experience and so I'm a huge fan of parent-child classes we uh Vanessa and I we have a family member who's a swim instructor too Mm -hmm. and so we did some parent-child classes Mm -hmm. and they were a lot of fun and I think that's where like my daughter learned to love swimming but Mm -hmm. It did totally. get. It did feel like it was getting expensive for me and hard right. to go, especially in the off season. It was an indoor place, so we okay. were able to go in the off season. But every time we left, because okay. the temperature changed from indoors to going yeah. out there and being wet, they'd always get sick. So it was right. kind of annoying. But <laughs> what my question was because there, like my daughter was fine when we were doing the parent-child classes, but when I tried to switch her over to one-on-one. She was really uncomfortable with it not being with us not being in the water anymore. Like basically right, they would right. just scream cry the entire lesson. Well, how old is she? At that time she was probably like 7 or 8 months, but now she's two and a half. Okay, well, to be honest with you, um children under the age of 2, 2 and a half should not be with an instructor without mom or dad. Okay. There's no there's no reason for that to take place. The only time I work with babies that age without mom or dad in the pool is if it's like the second or third kid and at that point mom just kind of goes here take her. <laughs> yeah. <know>? But they were <laughs> familiar enough with me in their space because they see or they sense older brother or sister is also in the pool, you know? Yeah. So um but n- n- I do not recommend 
instructors working with babies under the age of two without mom or dad. There's no reason for it. So I, of course, I can see why she would scream. There's nothing. Yeah. It was horrible. They were only like 15 minute lessons and it was like, here's my kid. And they felt like torture. Uh huh. 15 (laughs) minutes of torture. Was that the the infant rescue? No. ISR? Okay. Infant or IRS, whatever it's called. Um, Okay. Well then, you know what? Just, um, yeah. I mean, if to listeners who are perhaps trying different classes, please, I highly recommend that you stick with a class where the instructor works with the parent and the baby but the instructor should never take the baby from the parent uh, if the baby's protesting and certainly shouldn't be working independently without the parent in the pool, too. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it was a struggle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not negative. Yeah, and I'm sure we don't want you don't want to send like um, negative, negative you know, no. vibes on the they want know, water <laughs> in the pool. Babies, babies want mom. Like, you have to respect that that is the strongest need for them, you know? Yeah, you don't want to make it like a traumatic yeah, yeah, experience yeah, not at all. where they don't want to swim. Right, right. It's, not, it's just not even necessary because you, you can actually get more done with mom or dad in the pool than not at that age. That right. makes perfect it's sense. Yeah, we, we experienced that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Um, and we know that you have your own method of teaching, right? I saw on your site you kind of have, you guys do developmental versus intensive swim. Do you want to tell us a little right. bit about the differences there? Sure, sure. So so developmental is, I mean, I've been doing that kind of method forever, and I've always said, oh, it's developmental. And people are like, oh, that's great. And what does that really mean? And yeah. so I'm kind of going, oh, yeah, right, because I know what it means in my own mind. But to a parent, they're kind of going, well, what does that actually mean in application? And so what it really means is that I follow a developmental process that is sort of age and stage appropriate. And it's borrowed from the American Academy of Pediatric Guidelines for age and stage development from, I think they started at, you know, zero months or four months, whatever, until age three. And so what that means is you're kind of focusing on skills, um, language. So we do it by motor sensory communication. And you want to have skills involved that are um, harmonious with where the child is at that age. So for four to six months of age or, or, you know, 10 to 12 months of age, you're doing things that a child that age could actually do, right? And that, that they could be successful with. And then in terms of the safety aspect, we add in safety language and um, commands, skills and commands that could also actually be applicable at that age. I mean, at six months of age, you're just what you're really doing is just getting them uh, um, exposed to any kind of safety terminology. They're not really absorbing anything. But by the time they're a year old, they've heard it so much that it's familiar enough to them that they start to recognize things. So that's that's really what developmental means. It's just you're respecting where the child is developmentally and you're not trying to have them do things that are outside their realm of 
of what they could actually be doing. You know what I mean? Right. I do. That makes the most sense because to try to rush something at, okay, this curriculum works for this age is not necessarily going to work for right. any other right. kid. Uh-huh. Yes. And the other thing that's true about learning is if you think about it like when you teach your child to read, that's what I always say that learning to swim is the most connected to is that you don't teach you don't teach a two-year-old child to read in two weeks, right? right. You don't sit down and like force them to read with you every single day for two weeks and expect that they're gonna be able to comprehend everything in two weeks. Like I don't even think you'd be able to do that in terms of reading, but but for swimming, it's kind of the same thing. Like you can't really teach a child to understand all the components of swimming in two weeks. So it can actually be really detrimental and have a lot of backlash for the child. I've seen a lot of children who are completely traumatized by intensive swim programs. Like what? Like how do they react to the water? Well, you know, if they're put into a situation where they haven't had time to explore the environment and become relaxed and um, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, distractions and noise and it's very chaotic. It can be. And they're sort of forced into a swimming type experience very, very quickly. So they have to right away, they're put underwater immediately and they're put underwater repeatedly, repeatedly until they're sort of, it's like either you keep, screaming and crying and swallowing water or you figure out how to just keep your mouth closed so that you don't come up choking on water but it can really have a very traumatic effect on kids to the point where they don't want to go in the water at all when they're done that's like traumatizing me just hearing about having to do that yes it it gives me i mean it makes me feel nauseous when i think about it and when in fact swimming can be one of the most most benevolent experiences ever. I mean, it just, there should not be fear, tears, crying, anxiety, frustration. Like that just does not need to be a part of this life experience, you know? And I firmly believe that you don't, a child doesn't have to suffer to learn something. In fact, it's better if they don't have to suffer. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. So I hope, did that make sense or was that sort of mumbling? I mean, no, um, no, no, no. Okay. Not at all. Okay, good. So So, with that, what, what can you tell us about the difference of water safety and Mm -hmm. just having the ability to swim? That's such a great question. So the thing about water safety is, and this is why, by the way, I always tell parents, You can't really assume your child is water safe until they're older because really being water safe means that your child is mentally, emotionally, and physically able to calmly respond to a potential drowning situation, that they have enough experience in the water where they can figure out how to get themselves out of a situation that could be dangerous 
or to manage a situation where they've been surprised by something, um, even a situation where they might be uh, in some peril, they would still be able to get themselves out of it. And that just really comes with age and experience. So, you know, you can have a child who is two years old who actually can swim, which is amazing and great, you know, but that child is still going to be a two-year-old who swims. And if something were to occur that would surprise or frighten that two-year-old, the chances of that child having the wherewithal to be safe or to be able to get himself or herself out of that situation comfortably would be minimal. So it's really, I usually tell parents, you should figure that by age eight is a, a comfortable age that a child could be considered water safe. And that would be, of course, if the child had had like five or six years of swim lesson experience and consistent exposure. Yeah. That's a lot of work. It it is. It actually, it is a lot of work. It's, you know, you do, it is a commitment. I feel like, you know, for a few good years, learning to swim is a, parental commitment that we make and we also have to be vigilant with our kids when we're with them around water like we we look forward to the day when we can just sit by the pool and drink a margarita and read a magazine and our kids are swimming and they're good and they're getting exercise and we are reading our us magazines and that is just you know really a gift but but until that happens age eight nine ten we're kind of, we have to be eyes on the prize, like eyes on our kids, you know? Right. So, yeah. So that's, um, that's kind of how I, it's kind of how I feel about it. Ness, did you have anything you want to ask her? No, I think that's like very, very informative. Some good stuff to know. Yeah. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be either. Like it's, doesn't have to be all consuming. I mean, if you, if let's say you're someone that loves to just swim with your kids, like you enjoy being in the water and you love playing with them and they have a swim lesson once a week. And then on uh, one or two other days during the week, you guys get in and you play around and you swim and splash that actually helps facilitate a child swimming even faster and earlier than children who just take swim lessons. Like if I had to say if there was either or getting in and playing and swimming with your kids, helps them swim earlier and faster than kids who just take swim lessons. So I'm comfortable and familiar with the water. Yes. And because they see it as a way that they get to spend time with their parents, it's bonding experience. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, and it doesn't have to be like all year long. I mean, you could do, you know, 12 weeks in the summer, you know, have it be a summer activity, something that they look forward to, in the winter and the fall and whatever, and then have lessons once or twice a week. Twice a week's better if you can, but um, even once a week is great. And it just takes a few, it takes a few summers, you know, but I will say that that's why parent-child classes are so great because if you are consistent with those, by the time they're two, they should be beginning swimming, like where they're going under the water and they're gliding and kicking and even blowing bubbles. 
And so that actually speeds up the process a little bit because they're already super familiar with the water. So you get a little bit of a cheat, like a jump start on, on swim lessons. How do you feel about floaties in the pool? So, you know what, I, here's what I say about floaties. I don't, I don't think they should ever be used for swim lessons. And I don't think they should be used on a regular basis for recreational swim. If a parent can be in the water and actually be hands on, because it does give kids a false sense of security where they start, if they get attached to it, especially where they think they can swim when they can't. But I also feel like there are some good ones out there. Um, the vests with the arm ones and they clip on that like everybody uses those now. Mm-hmm. Those are really secure and and they stay on and kids can't get them off and they keep them up and they don't they don't impair their movement either. So they're they're good quality. And let's say you have two kids and you have to hold on to one and the other one just wants to move and be independent. You get to put one of these on and they can swim around while you're watching them and, and they can be independent. You know, if you have a real high energy child who doesn't like to be held or something. That's what I um, have. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, Me too. And so if you're, you know, if you're in a pool recreationally and you want to be with them and you're watching them, but you can't be holding them all the time because it's just, it's too difficult. Pop them in one of those. Cause then you can have more fun with them too. You can swim around. Um, and it's fine, completely fine. And even on vacation, I say, if you're definitely on vacation, somewhere where there's a pool or ocean or whatever, they should always be in one of those. Okay. So that's, I don't have any problem with that. But then what I also say is make it disappear when it's swim lesson time. Yeah. Like, Make the thing disappear so it's not even an option for lessons. That's perfect. So, um, yeah, that cleared up a lot for me because I felt like if I'm putting her, because my parents Mm -hmm. always put us in life vests, but like, you know, it was like the 80s. So they -hmm. were those big giant ones. And I think that's really why my brother Mm -hmm. and I didn't learn how to swim because we were just going to the lake all the time. And it was like, put on your life jacket. And that was it. Yeah. That was my swim. Yeah. That was my swim time. So well, and you know, and, and that's great for my. I. It's the same. Like I don't. I don't think it's the same for me. I learned in my aunt's pool, like basically on my own, just little by little, letting go of the edge, and that's how I learned how to swim. <laughs> so no, nobody I'll really taught me. You, I'll be honest with you. Both my boys. Uh, learned to swim in our pool in our condo building and our pool has a really long um, it has a big wide shallow end and steps that go all the way across so and there are three levels so both my boys we just went in every single day in the summer I would take them when I was home my husband took them every day and they really kind of just learned to swim by figuring it out on their own and just every day And they both started swimming. So, I mean, you know, it's awful as the swim teacher to say <laughs> either of my kids had formal lessons until they were older. Yeah. But they both started swimming when they were two just because they did, just on their own because they wanted to because they were in the water. That was it. It's genetic. So, 
I think yes. so. I, but I do think, like, I'm telling, I tell parents this all the time. If you want them to swim faster and you want them to swim earlier, get in and play with them. Yeah. It does. It's magic, you know. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think that could be, and that's, I mean, in terms of keeping the cost down, like, go get, you know, go to your, the at whatever pool that has, when they have community swim, you know, they open it up. I think and, um, yeah. Ali was telling me a little bit that you guys are going to do community outreach projects. Yeah, we're working. Um, it's right in the beginning stages, but we're going to be working with the city of Los Angeles to really just um, kind of bring more attention and um, more um, participation for the city, for their city swim programs. And we're really talking about trying to create an early child swim program because right now the city doesn't start lessons till kids are four, four and up. And, and there's a whole component of families that that doesn't pertain to. And the older kids get before they start swimming, the harder it is, you know, to make that commitment. So the best time to start them is when they're little, little. So, um, yeah, so that's right in the beginning stages, but I will for sure keep you in the loop on that as it becomes, you know, more finalized. Because um, I think it's a great thing. I think, you know, I think every every child who grows up in Los Angeles should learn to swim. Yeah. I really just feel very strongly about that. And now that there's a metro that goes from downtown to the beach, there's going to be more people, more families going to the water, going to the ocean for the first time. That's right. And we want to make sure that kids are safe. You know, we want kids to know what's what to do. Yeah, we don't live too far from the beach, so we've always kind of grown up going to the beach too. But it just okay. like blew my mind that people in LA don't go to the beach. Like that's so crazy. It's so close. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, you know, it, and I, of course, I grew up also. My family, we went to the beach all the time. But I think for people that live in inner city areas before there was transportation that was direct, I think it just was, it seemed like it was so far away, you know, that it was not a place they could get to. And, and now it's a lot more feasible. So there are going to be so many more people going to the beach um, and speaking of which, you know, you can always go to the Annenberg pool down by the beach in Santa Monica, which is a beautiful public pool. Um, and also the Santa Monica City Pool is amazing. Those are great pools to take kids to for swim time. Okay. Really terrific yeah. pools. We have to check those out. So, wow. yeah. And then I think you also have a swim book in the works. Yeah, we're doing a children's book series on, um, boy, Allie, really. She's she, good. I'm telling you. <laughs> really spilling your secrets. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a series, um, children's books for learning to swim, and they're um, for the most basic skills is bubbling, kicking, floating, gliding, and then swimming. I address them all and they're and they're for very young children but what's great about them is they really do address kind of what the actual function is of why you do the thing you do and um 
And then at the back, there is a little kind of addendum for parents to explain like why it's important that children should be blowing their bubbles. Like, what's the actual reason why we blow bubbles? It's not just because we like saying the word bubble and it's cute. It has a real, you know, it's the most important skill you can teach a child is, is blowing bubbles because that's breathing. So, um, you know, so it's, and they're short. They're, they're, it's like the kind of book you would read to your kid when you're putting them down for a nap or, you know, just, um, they're just little children's books, but they're, but they're effective. And I don't, I haven't seen any else out there that are skill specific. Yeah. So that's what they, that's what they are. When are you planning on getting those out? Well, the first one is going to come out this spring and it'll be up on Amazon. So I will, as soon as it is up, I will send you guys a link so you can check them out. Yeah. And, um, happy to do that. And, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, it's all swim all the time over here. My kids went. It's all we do. But, um, but yeah, anyway, so that's, yeah, so that's that. But uh, I had a lovely time talking to you guys. You're, I mean, you're both just adorable and charming. <laughs> and you're, you're both babies, I could tell. You've got, you can't be more than 30, is it true? I just turned 30 uh, on Monday. Oh, my gosh, I love it. Oh, congratulations. I know, a new milestone. And I'm right behind her. Right? Congratulations, Mama. I know. You little. <laughs> but, um, but good job on this. Thank you, know, you keep Lisa. Up, keep up the great work on your podcast and, and have fun with it and, you know, take some time for yourselves. That's definitely something that, you know, I learned the hard way, but my kids are eight and 16. And so I think with enough years, I can say, you know, go ahead and take a little time, put your kids to bed earlier and do some stuff for yourself. Take a breath. They'll be good. You're with them, you know. That's definitely thanks, thanks some for the reminder. <laughs> uh, and you know, and they get older too. Like they get older and easier in some ways and harder in others, but it's um but yours are in such delicious stages right now, so sounds like you really enjoy them when you have them. So that's like that's all good. Yeah, we do. Lisa, we really really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. Yes. Absolutely. It was so nice to talk to you guys. I'll keep you posted on uh, updates on on all that city stuff and the and the books and everything. Yeah, okay? please do, and then we'll put that on our Instagram and everything too, so everybody could see it. Great. Okay. Have a great night and have fun tomorrow with the Super Bowl. Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> Thanks. Lisa. Okay. Take care. Right. Bye. 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 Thank you again to our guest Lisa Cook of Kids Swim LA. You could. Yeah, she was great. She was great. You could look her up and her swim school as kidswim.org. So all the information, like pricing, the schedule, locations, like she was saying, they do home visits. So there's really no excuse. They're on your guys' schedule. Yep. Got to get water safe just in time for spring. And before you know it, it's going to be summer again, you guys. So let's get it together for these little water babies of ours Mm -hmm. so Ness you want to tell them where they can find the Moody Mommies you can find the Moody Mommies on well you guys can google us come on you google everything but you can find us on Instagram at the Moody Mommy podcast 
You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, where else, Jess? Twitter, Podbean, YouTube, everywhere, guys. Google us, you'll find us. But we love Instagram. Who doesn't? So yeah. Insta stalk us. Insta stalk the Moody Mommies podcast. And then you could also, yes. while you're at it, just stalk Kids Swim LA too. You're already yes. on IG. <laughs> But uh, until next time. Oh my gosh! Until (laughs) and um, I'm not really sure what we're gonna be doing for our next episode, but you could keep up with us on IG on Facebook. They're both connected, so whatever you see on one, you'll probably see on the other. Yes. And if you guys come up with any ideas for a topic for us to do, send them our way. Email us. Do whatever you guys want to do. Send your comments. Subscribe. All of that. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Say Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies Podcast.